welcome to another episode of 90 Minutes of Wisdom, a channel dedicated to helping you expand your knowledge and develop a more successful and peaceful mind. My guest today is a psychologist located in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, that has been in private practice for over 30 years. She has built a team of therapists as part of her Therapy for Your Life brand. She's also a mother, entrepreneur, painter, writer, spiritual seeker, and all-around amazing person. Welcome to the show, Marianne Van Oyen. Welcome, Marianne. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for that lovely introduction. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's, it looks so nice where you are. It looks so peaceful. And Thank you. And peaceful for me is really important, whether it's peace of mind, peace in my heart, peace in my environment. I need to have light and I need to have calm. Mm, yeah, it is. You can feel like I could feel the calmness through there. It's really nice. <laughs> um, I was just speaking with a friend uh, recently and they have like um, a lot of clutter, right? Like they're not hoarders, but just they have a lot of clutter and in their space that they, you know, watch TV and stuff like that. There's just stuff everywhere. And I was just talking to them about how, um energetically it kind of like robs you of your serenity or your peace right um yeah so i don't know how much i know there's all this like feng shui and you know it's it's <laughs> there's some people that are super into it there's this one lady that's uh for the rich and famous and she swears by it like that like money blocks are due to what's set up and how much clutter you have and she she has uh clients who have like she's changed their setup and suddenly like they become like very extremely wealthy or get a part in a movie or whatever because of, so I don't know, personally, I have no real opinion of that. And then I know that feng shui, the city is actually extremely poor city that so mm -hmm. that it's named after. So I don't know. Do you have any opinion on that? You know what? I'm very open-minded. Like I'm, I'm open to Eastern culture, Western culture, I'm open to spiritual realms. I'm open to what's happening on the planet, um, different ideas and concepts. So with Feng Shui, I mean, I, I, I think there's something to that actually, because you can even think about, you know, you're sitting in a room, <clears throat> and you just might have things piled up on a chair. You don't really understand what that's doing to you until you get rid of the stuff that's on the chair. And then you're, let's say that corner is nice and neat. And then you tune into how that makes you feel. I was like, oh, that feels better. You know, I feel clearer. I feel lighter. So I go by how does something make me feel? It can't hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Moving your furniture around or decluttering closets um, or, or placing things in positions of power, personal power, or, you know, attracting money, as long as it's not hurting anybody, why not try it? If it works for you, fantastic. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay too. Uh, however, I, I think there is something to it. Um, clutter can be stressful like you said and it takes up a lot of room so whether it's in your physical space or your internal space and I often find when I myself or other people start to go through closets get rid of old things organize their drawers that's a lot of internal clutter management and I often find that people are doing that also when they're working on their own internal clutter so I'll just, like I said, speak for myself. I, I, I feel that difference. When I'm doing personal work on myself, for some reason, that makes me want to also do decluttering in my environment and vice versa. Um, and then, yeah. So I, like I said, I, I, I subscribe to that to a certain extent. I just go by, well, does it improve my life? Does it improve my energy? Does it make me feel better? If it does... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Well said. Because I, I find the same thing. Just a small, like, and my place is generally very clean, but just sometimes, as you said, there's a jacket on a chair and there's a little, like, a book on the couch and little things like that. And then if I spend, like, 15 minutes just clearing that, and then I go to, like, another room, I go to my bedroom, and then I come back, I just feel like, oh, 
I feel like so much better, you know, right. like, energetically. I know th then there's like, if you want to go really deep into it, um, uh, with their philosophy, they're like, oh, there's like, and I don't know, this is where it's not my field of expertise at all, but they're like, well, the staircase is like at a certain thing. So that's like, and if there's a window there, so it's like, that's your like money going out the window or that's your energy. So there's, there's so much more to it, but you know, I, again, I'm, I'm inconclusive, I guess, for myself, because why would somebody pay this lady like ridiculous amounts of money if it didn't, you know, didn't have some validity to it? So I don't know, something to look into. Do what works for you and, and what brings you that sense of peace of mind. Yeah, I'm also a firm believer in, in the, um, if you believe it, it is so, like you, you make it so. So if somebody tells you, oh, you know, like, oh, you have been having money problems, but that's okay. It's only because, like, as you said, your mirror is the wrong way and your, your bed is facing north. Like, why isn't it facing southeast, obviously? And if they convince you that that's been your whole issue and you believe it, that has in and of itself some power, right? It's like placebo kind of power to it. Oh, for sure. Believing, believing anything will impact how you think and feel. Um, and then can translate into, without even you being aware of it, subconsciously, unconsciously, however you want to phrase that, uh, it can manifest then itself. So if you believe something very negative and you, that's what you dwell on, that's where you put your energy, well, that's what then you might have the potential to create. So we need to be careful what we, what we think about and, and, and how that makes us feel. Uh, we also have to be very clear, what, what do we want and don't want? And what do we want in our lives? And how, how can we try to help ourselves manifest that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that, that, absolutely. I, I always say, um, uh, or often say that, you know, it's what we fear the most or love the most that we, tends to attract into our life you know, those both sides of it. And if you will, it's kind of like a circle or it's just like the power. So you're putting attention on it, right? So if you're, it's more the intention. I guess. Yeah, that, that's what it is. It's where, where, are you, where are you focusing your attention and your energy? If you're out only focusing on the negative, um, well, that's what you're, you're going to see. Or that, and that's what you're going to fuel, you know, chances more of, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was it? It was Einstein. Uh, quote, the most important uh, decision anyone ever has to make is, is this a good world or a bad world? And because if you see, if you say to yourself, this is like a, a bad world, then that's what your, that's your experience will be. And if you say it's, well, it's a beautiful world, then that's what your experience will be. So yeah. that's really interesting. Right. So can you, you use simple things like if somebody says, uh, oh, think of the color red. All, all of a sudden, without you even, you're just going to start seeking, looking in your environment for things that are red will pop up because that's what's getting your attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's it. And that's like filters. Talk about that filters, right? Like, so, and that's where I, I'm a firm believer in um, affirmations and things like that to help with your filters. So you're seeing the right thing. Um, and what there was this, again, I don't know if it's 100% right, but about something like we only perceive 20% of reality of like what we see and 80% kind of goes by because there's just too many things, right? So we don't go crazy. So if you have a bowl of rice, you're not going to count right? <laughs> every grain of rice, then you'd be like, yeah, I don't know, there's probably a, a word for it. Um, but yeah, you'd be, uh, you know, too obsessed with all the details. And for that reason, we kind of, you know, we have to filter. So our mind filters. So in, in that filter, if it's filtering to see the opportunities and the beauty and, uh, and love, then we kind of see those things. And if it's um, negative, programmed or filtered negatively, then we kind of pick out those things. What's bad today and what's, who's doing that. And, you know. and it's not to say like, let's live in, let's pretend, you know, the world's an amazing place. <laughs> There's nothing negative going on. because you know, we know there's always, always, always something negative going on. Um, it's to say, okay, then what can I do about that? Whether you want to join a movement, a cause, send money, help somebody, be part of the change, send out healing lights through vibration and prayer, meditation, 
what can you do about that negative situation uh, that's happening either in your life or in the world? But then it says, say, okay, that's, that's what I do have control over. <clears throat> but let's look at what else is going on that's positive and productive and inspiring and, and, and put some time and attention and energy into that. Because when that becomes your focus, that is also, again, what, what you start to attract and vice versa. So it's really about um, look, looking at the whole picture. So it's, it's, it's looking at what you can do about the negative aspects of your life or, that, or whatever is happening in the world. And then how can you continue to, to um, invest in the positive aspects of your life or what your dreams or your goals are, what you want to change or what you want to transform, how you can make the world a better place. The, the more we do that globally, the better condition we'll be in, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why um, it's so refreshing uh, when I when I met you is to say that we have, um, it's this goal of like, you know, like, um, meditation and then having that individual view it's a little bit like uh you know like a voting or something where it's like you have your you increase your own vibrational level and then you send love to the universe you you help people you look for those things and every person that does that um and then you kind of add up you know the or make an average of all the vibrations of everybody becoming universal consciousness vibration so as as all that goes up and it's the individual work. So it's so important, you know, I find it so selfless to work on yourself. Yes. And what's interesting, I, I never really thought about it this way because um, we're talking about universe, universal consciousness or trying to harness our positive energies and intentions. And the more people can do that, the better. In terms of the universe and manifestation or asking for outcomes what have you um a, a master intuitive that i work with the other day she was saying well you know people have this misconception about the universe that it's only positive but she goes it's in her view it's actually very neutral the universe doesn't care <laughs> the universe will give you back what you want to manifest and ask for and you can be a person who's like i i want to project positivity into the world and i really want to manifest peace let's say but other people we might be like oh no that's not our agenda our agenda is chaos and destruction or whatever and that's that can be potentially manifested as well hence you know what's going on depend it all depends on one's intention. Yeah, intention is, I mean, absolutely huge. Uh, Wayne Dyer wrote a great book on, on the power of intention. And, uh, but it, you have to also be uh, a spiritual, uh, I'm sorry, a vibrational match, right? To whatever comes in your experience. So this is kind of a very difficult for some people, um, especially when something kind of odd happens. So like, let's say it was a minor, like a minor car accident, you know? So it had to be in your field. You had to somehow have that opening for that to happen or it shouldn't have happened. You know, there's always like both sides. And I think, yes, um, the universe provides you, I couldn't agree more, with what your, what your emotion is, what you're feeling and what your vibration is and what your focus is. So if you say, um, I want to be rich, but you feel poor, and then you're going to be poor. Like it's just your it's your feeling will um, overtake that because that you know sends that that frequency. Correct, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's um, you know a neurological uh, neuroscientist, quantum physicist, uh, you know, a spiritual mentor. In his meditations of manifestation, he'll always say you need to. What's your script? Like, what do you want your script to be? And you need to feel what it's going to feel like when you get there. Picture having it already. And so to your point, feeling the feeling part of that equation is, is very, very, very important. Because if it's just 
intellectual. Um, okay, I really, really, really want to be rich. But you don't feel that and you don't believe that. And you're also not going to do the work to get there, right? Because it, it, takes, it takes effort. Um, well, chances are it's not going to happen. It's just going to be a thought. That's yeah, for sure. And then it's just, it's, it's words. So that, um, that's why the first thing book that I wrote is on words, right? Cause I find what you say is so important. So if you say to yourself as an affirmation, I want to be rich, then the universe is going to give you more wanting to be rich, right? Not right. <laughs> being rich. So, and then exactly. I'm a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza as well. And what he says is, um, is it releases the chemistry, the neurological chemistry with the emotion, right? The, the emotion uh, tied to it. So if you want to have more wealth, you exactly what you said, um, you, you feel it now, I feel wealthy now, and then never ask for it because if you ask for it after that feeling or, or doubt when it's coming or whatever, then you're saying, then you're negating what you did, the work you just did because now you're like doubting it. <laughs> And then you're saying, well, where is it, right? But you already created it. So now your mind is like, well, I thought we're already living it. And now you're telling me we're not. So then it's like, it's all confused. Correct. And then you're, you're, you just keep blocking yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated. We're like, no, but I, 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 I want that. And, and I think about that. And okay, but if you're always going, but I still want it, I want it. But you don't, like you said, you haven't crossed the bridge to the feeling of having it and knowing how you're going to get there. What's, what's the intention? What's your map? What's your plan? Um, you know, just saying, I, I want, I want, I want. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> you can stand there for the next 50 years saying <laughs> okay. I want and going, oh, it's not happening. Oh, this doesn't work. This is, this is crap. Right. And, and again, to your point on be careful, the words used, and the message sent, because I remember years ago, I was really tired and I felt, oh my God, I really need a break. I need a break. I need a break. Oh, I got a break. I broke my leg. Right? Yeah. And a serious break. So it forced me. I couldn't go to work for several weeks. I couldn't do much because I couldn't move. And um, I was like, oh, my God. I Well, I got a, a, a literal break. I did get a break from work than what I was asking for. But that's not how I wanted it. <laughs> so I asked and uh, I, I, I received. <laughs> but I, I didn't receive it in the way that, I, that was good for me. It gave me a break. That was yeah, exactly. I think the the universe or God has a, a tremendous sense of humor, and I think that <laughs> there's some spiritual guides high fiving. Hey, look what we did! Like it's it's hilarious. Like an inside inside joke that we're not privy to. So, so you, when you said accident, that accidents can show up, uh, lots of things can show up, um, but if you're not clear. So I think had I been way more clear and listened to my gut, because my intuition told me, I was a, a horseback riding accident. My intuition told me, don't go to that lesson. So much so that even when I pulled up in the parking lot, I had an expensive piece of jewelry on. I took it off and I put it in my car for safekeeping. Because I, I had a sense something was going to happen. I didn't know what. And bingo. So watch, watch what the message is, the wording, the intention. Um, and listen, 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 listen to that deep, deep inner voice. We all have it. We don't, we, we don't always want to hear it or we don't all have ways to access it. Um, we need peace for that, quiet, methodology. Um, you know, there's systems, right? Like anything. If, you, if I want to cook something, I, I can say, oh, I, re I really want to make a cake. Okay, well, nothing's happening if I just say that, right? But I can't, I can't, I'm not going to start pulling out flour and sugar and cocoa and 
if I didn't even know how do you, how, what are the right quantities? What are the right, what's the right mix? What temperature do I put that in? How do I mix up the ingredients? What's the order? That's a system. That's a recipe. That's a map. And if we don't have those, that's where it's, it, we can go stay in a standstill or just, you know, if I throw all those ingredients in a bowl, mix it up and then put it up, it's probably not going to work out very well because I don't, I didn't have a system. So there I, I put all this time, energy, effort, yes. uh, ingredients into a bowl, wanting a cake. And I don't want just any cake. I want a cake that's chocolate. It tastes amazing, whatever. But I throw it in the oven, I don't know, like at 600 degrees for three hours. I'm going to have one, just one heavy brick of junk that is nowhere near a cake. You could have purchased all the right ingredients. You could have mixed them well together. And uh, th that's an inter very good analogy because they talk about that when people put too much force, like they want it now, 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 now. Like, I want to be rich now. I want this now, now, now. And they put so much intensity that it burns the cake. Uh, Deepak Chopra talked about this in one of his books, exactly like what you're saying, that it would, it would burn the cake. And then if it's not enough heat, well, it never cooks. Correct. Right. So and that's assuming that you got all the ingredients right already. So that's where they find that difficulty where um, lies in that thing. Well, what's the right temperature now for the cake? So right. how many how much emotion, how much patience, how many affirmations is it said? Right. And then that kind of thing. And then ah, I got a cake and now I can enjoy it. But those things, it's so it's so difficult to know because we could take like a stove and say, like now digitally say, it's at, I don't know anything about cooking cakes. So let's just say 400 degrees. I don't know. Then let's make like, a, put a, to bake a cake for, and then the other thing that's interesting is that if you, let's say if you said like, um, let's say 400 degrees, let's say it takes, I have no idea. I'm just going to make up something. And it takes an, an hour to cook a cake at 400 degrees. You couldn't do half an hour at 800 degrees. You know what I mean? It just does, it will not work. Right. So it's really about the ingredients and the recipe and following the, the proper steps and knowing what outcome, you know, we as people want. Um, and the process, it's really actually very simple if you think about the concept, but that doesn't mean it's easy to do. Yeah, look, look, we're going to go one more step. We're going to beat this thing to death, this cake analogy. But one other step, <laughs> they say, um, <laughs> exactly, that, you know, have, um, have your plan, okay, yeah. have your thing, but you'll never be able to truly see what the universe will unfold for you. So the most important is to have the emotion, the faith, the feeling, like you said, that you already have it and the faith that it's going to happen. And then the universe will start bringing those ingredients or things into your life that you didn't even know. So like you didn't even know you needed cocoa or an egg, but the universe knows that and the universe knows, okay, you want to have a cake. So when you go out there, exactly, you can't just like go to sleep and like not do anything and be out in the world or talk to anybody, but you go out there and then you, then you meet somebody and then that person is like, you know, representative of the egg and that person is representative of the cocoa and that person's representative and then you're helping people and they're helping you and then it's all intertwined and then boom, the result is that that cake, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's the other thing too is um, people go too much on on logic and on matter and what they can see, feel, touch, smell here, right? And then if you go a little further, that's where the magic is. Too many of us are living in the material world, and I and and I don't mean that on just on, on a on a financial level. Uh, I'm talking about concrete things. If if people can't see it, they don't believe it. Just because science hasn't proven something yet, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So if we go back hundreds of years ago. We didn't have technology and cell phones and cars and airplanes. And if one person would have started saying, oh, my God, one day on this planet, we're going to be able to travel around the world and, and we'll get there in hours and we're going to be able to turn lights on and have heat and cook and, and watch images 
and communicate with people all over the world. And they're like, are you insane? Burn that person. That person's a witch, you know, at the stake. Because it's like, you're out of your mind. That, that, how is that even possible? It's possible because somebody thought about it. Somebody understood something and they investigated and they go through trial and error or what have you, knowledge, experimentation, belief. Look at, look at what we have at our fingertips. Somebody created that. The science could say now, oh, yeah, okay. That's why this can happen. That's why this can happen. Science can explain it now. But the potential was always there. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's again, why I'm such a big fan of um, Joe Dispenza, right? So like, he proves all these things that were, you know, in uh, the Vedas in Indian culture from like, you know, thousands BC or whatever, were already known, right? And then, as you said, you can't, people can't see it and touch it and it's not in the material world, so they don't believe it. And then this arrogance of uh, you know, it's arrogance by certain people of science. Like science is a developing thing. It's like you have, a, you know, a theory or something like that and disprove it. It's always developing. Continuously. And there, and you know, we, even today, day by day, we're understanding more about the power of the brain and what, it, what its potential is. But we're nowhere near understanding what the potential of the brain is and what it can do and not do. I mean, they're, you know, through brain scans, they're starting to look now at, oh, that there actually seems to be a center in the brain associated with spirituality, with past memories, even going into past life memories. So, you know, I think scientists uh, are, are trying to connect the dots. And I think I mentioned that the other night to you was my belief is on a spectrum, you've got it seemingly looks like spirituality over here, science on the opposite end of the spectrum. But when you join the line and connect it to make a circle, they are butted up against each other. They're not far from each other. They're actually next door to each other. And I think both ways, like I think scientists could find a lot of clues in spirituality and some things of spirituality, we could find clues in the science, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just as a kid, as a child, I was going to the library to do my projects. And then there's like internet. And then just to have a phone, like we call them phones still, which is just crazy because yeah. they're not phones. They're computers. They're computers. <laughs> they're computers. They're and computers, like unbelievably powerful tools. Yeah, like it's it's like if you go back not far, if you go back to like 1980 something, what we have is like a thousand times more powerful than the most powerful computer in 1980 in the palm of our hands. It's madness. And then just saying, oh, you know what? Like you were saying before, if you told somebody in 1980, oh, you'd have you know this in your hand. We'll call it a phone, and it has the the answer to every question, like pretty much you could ever ask. And that's 1980. Go now, one decade earlier, 1970, they didn't even have the little small pocket calculator. And then you go back even before that, 10 years before that, oh my God, no cell phones, no calculators, no computers. You know, the phone's in your, plugged in the wall and it's got the cord attached to the receiver. It's just yeah, yeah. Like, I know, and it's, that's it. We're talking, we're talking major shifts in a matter of years. And it's exponential growth, though. That's the scary yeah. thing. They, they, you know, they it's say that very you, scary thing, but also see that's the maybe the negative sign, but mm -hmm. also the potentially positive. Oh, hugely, hugely, right? yeah. So yeah, you know what? Nice catch on that. That was a, that was wrongly worded. It can be scary. There can be all kinds of consequences to this uh level of technology whether it's the consequences on the environment consequences to our physical and yeah. energetic health uh, consequences to our privacy consequences to i mean you name it um on the other side oh my goodness you know, there's the potential for change and growth and community and communication and 
Yeah. Well, we don't, they say that the, the unfortunate damage to the environment and then a lot of people, they're like, well, with the, the technology that we have right now, we cannot solve all the damage we've done, but someone will come up with definitely something we've no one's ever thought of that could, that's why I have a lot of hope that will repair a lot of this damage. It's so sad to see um, the earth being treated in, uh, you know, such a hostile manner and such a destructive manner. And, you know, things, obvious things like ozone layer or uh, burning the rainforest or, um, you know, pollution in the ocean, garbage island. There's just so many. And it's just, uh, we got to learn to, um, you know, like recycling, when I go to put out my recycling, you're just like, oh my God, man, like, I'm just one person. This is, this is how much, like, it's way, way too much, way too much. It is way too much. And what's disheartening is, okay, okay. So now there's this concept of recycling, which, which is good. However, if, if the plastics were being sent to the Orient to be disposed of, and but all it was doing was being burnt and creating toxic gas for the poor people who live in that country or those countries, um, what? That's not the idea. That wasn't, that's not my idea of recycling. Um, so we need to, you know, wake up and look at the consequences of our choices. I'll, I'll make decisions I can live with. If I can't live with the outcome, oops, I better rethink my decision. So I'm really trying to be very mindful of that because you're right. The amount of recycled garbage that one person produces in a week is ridiculous what what are we doing like we're treating animals like they're not beings it's disturbing me more and more and more and more and so i'm like okay so eat a lot less of that or none of that reuse recycle repurpose more buy buy things in thrift shops Um, i don't know yeah any change I can make within reason. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's, there's um, I think a lot of it is a lot of good points that you brought up there. And one is that um, was I did a podcast with my uh, my friend Serge, and he was saying uh, he's he's vegan. And he was just saying that um, one is just cutting for other people, just cutting down a little bit makes a huge difference. So if you could just everyone could just reduce like. 10% of the, the meat consumption, number one. And number two, he was saying how surprised that friends of his that have like dogs. And if the dog is like ill or a pet passes away, it's like, it's so tragic. But then those are the same people eating like meat every single day, right? And then when you look at these things, um, like I was watching this show called Alone, which is a bit like Survivor, that they survive in the Arctic for 100 days like with nothing right so they're hunting their own food fishing um you know it's 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 amazing and it's a such an eye-opener because it's to see that we have you know these grocery stores and we have all these options so like we're yeah we're so 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 spoiled right like and it's completely different like i i know i should be a vegetarian because i could not kill the animal i would like i'd be too sad if I went and killed it, I would like and and saw the sadness in his eye and it's looking at me like, why are you killing me? Like, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't eat it. So I, I, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have that right to um, to eat. So I try to minimize, I mean, as much as I can. But really, uh, that's, you know, that's one interesting thing. And then I think it's the perception, if you want to go a little bit deeper spiritually, a lot of these people, um, and we won't talk politics, but a lot of the politicians, what they do is they make these laws or they make these things for short-term gains. So if you believe that this is your only life and when you pass away, you're you're going to be like lights out like like it never happened, right, kind of thing. And that's it, like fade to black and it's done. You live in a certain way, right? And then if you don't, and it's really selfish too, because you have like, you know, for so many, many reasons, but you have kids or grandkids or friends that have kids or grandkids or nephews or nieces or whatever. It's, you're, they're inheriting that world, right? And so on. So you're destroying that. But then if you wanted to go further, if you could convince somebody that they're going to reincarnate right, to that same world that they're destroying, right? And they're going to come back 
to that world. If you look at the perception that we're all one, it's one thing. If you look at uh, the perception that of the Gaia theory that Earth is a being in and of itself, that we, you know, that we're, just, you know, we're living, we should be living with, not depriving and robbing and paving and all that stuff. It's another perception. If we believe that we're going to have an afterlife, it's another perception. If we believe in reincarnation, it's kind of even another perception. So I think it's more enlightened or more self-development is so important to start making uh, more compassionate and empathetic decisions. Absolutely. Um, I had all kinds of things rushing through my head when you were talking. Just take two people in a relationship. And one person is giving, giving, supporting, giving, and the other one's just taking, 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 taking. And what that giving person getting back is getting from the taker is like, abuse or criticism or negative energy um you know spoiled mentality what have you well you know the person who's giving 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 is going to become resentful but also is just going to run out of run out of that positive energy and and the ability to to, to keep giving because they're emptied out and what they've received in return is the other person's garbage if we look at the earth as a being an entity which it is it's an entity it has tons of energy it produces all kinds of miraculous things from you know we, we have oxygen we have water we have nutrition we have plants to heal us we have the opportunity to learn and grow it sustains life so the earth in the relationship is giving, 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 giving. And we as inhabitants are going, meh, I want more of this. And uh, and I don't care about that. And, you know, garbage. Oh, it's cold outside. Oh, it's raining outside. Complain, complain, complain. Throw the plastic in the water. Kill the animals. Destroy the rainforest. Well, you know. How long is the earth going to put up with that for? And it's already showing its, you know, disdain. The earth is reacting to what's going on. And in the relationship with us as people, it has no issues really with the animals, you know, or the plants. It has issues with us um, who inhabit this place and are just, just going in and doing whatever we want. You know, depending on, you know, there's all kinds of different theories and stuff out there, but any way you, you cut it, any way you look at it, you know, and we're going to go this very short, but COVID, I find that we're, we're the disease on the planet and COVID is its antibodies trying to like get rid of this cold or this thing, which is us. And we don't have to, we can be in a symbiotic relationship, but because as you said, um, so well is that we're in this take, take, take from the earth it has to like it's trying to just be healthy again when everything shut down for three weeks it was and then you could see you know um the himalayas like you know clearly because all the smog was gone from space you could see that like that's like in three weeks that's what mm-hmm. happened and, incredible you know and it's amazing and that that's not like such a big eye opener so it was like for the earth was kind of like you know having um, like, like really bad asthma and suddenly for three weeks it could breathe again, like, you know, and it's like just an eye opener. There's such an amazing natural balance to earth. Like, you know, I was watching those things where they remove, you know, if there's too many wolves removed and, or there's too many, this, like, it's such a perfect dance and a perfect balance. And I find one of the most sad things is paving, is paving all the roads, you know, it's, and I think of that for myself, like if I was like, if I was the earth, it's like, and you have your skin or like your thing. And it's like, someone's like paving over it. You know what I mean? It's how unnatural. Yeah, exactly. Can't breathe anymore. Things, uh, things are always happening on the planet. They've always happened. Things will continuously happen because that's just, it's not a, we're not in a static situation. We're in a relationship and relationships have ups and downs depending on how the two entities coexist together, right? How do we, how do we compromise? How do we negotiate this? So whether it's me and someone else or us humans and the planet, 
we're still in a relationship and we need to understand what our responsibility is and our commitment to the relationship and making it the best relationship possible. And we have a long way to go for sure, but there are always opportunities for change. So even with COVID, I know for myself, I was in shock. Then it's like, okay, I can go into the state of fear and panic and, and what have you, or I can say, no, why is this happening? Where's the opportunity for change? How can I use this time? How can I help people? How can I stabilize myself? Um, what are the lessons to be learned? So I, I chose to, let's say, swing into the positive, productive side because that works better for me. Um, but I think it just works better uh, for the greater good. I think, honestly, so many people and a lot of people I spoke to um, once people recovered from the panic attack or the, the psychic attack or the shock, state of shock, right, of, of, of learning about what COVID was going to be for us, many people secretly were like, you know what? I was asking for something to change. I was saying, I, got, I can't keep doing this. I need a break. I want to stay home with my kids more. I want to simplify my life. I want to make a change, but I don't know how because we were going, you know, a thousand miles an hour. I mean, how long can you keep that up? So here, it froze us in a in our state of of activity and momentum, and said, "Okay, no, no, there's something going on. We're slowing everything down, and we're stopping things for a while. Reset." So many people were like, secretly, I was happy to stay home. Secretly, I was needing the break. Secretly, I was happy not to have to run around to 25 different places a week. Um, secretly, I needed the change. Secret. So it's like, oh, okay. So it seemed to answer, obviously. There are hundreds of thousands of people that have died. Um you know, and and that and that's a tragic thing. But on the other side of the coin, it is an opportunity. That's how I see it. Opportunity to go. Whoop, what do we need to be more aware of, and and how can we work with this to make it meaningful? So it all of this didn't happen for nothing. There is something to that, to a universal consciousness, and that was a little bit like what I was saying, where things go so fast, and we get in such routines. And because it's 95% subconscious, so we're just kind of like running this pattern and 5% conscious, like you're saying, people are just running this pattern and they don't even know how to get out of it because it's like a lot of people have this life where they have like their job and then their kids, pick up the kids, drop off the kids, make the supper, make the lunches and this, and they're just exhausted and they go to bed and they have a very short time to, to you know, go to sleep and then let's do it again right let's start over again and it's like they can't get out of it right and it's because things are going so quick and we're so like plugged in because we have the cell phone and we have the emails and we have this thing so it's like you're never off the grid now right you're just like you're always on i think that's difficult i think that um you know there was a gift for some people uh very much so to have time some people it was amazing to listen and you probably heard a lot more interesting stories than me but some people said oh like I said what did you do during this time and they said oh I drank more and you know watched a lot of I subscribed to Crave and Netflix and Amazon Prime and all this stuff that was some people it was in that category alcohol sales went through the roof and other people you know other people did find you know that thing that chance to say okay you know I want to spend time with my kids oh it's so beautiful because now I could be with my kids in color and kind of do this homeschool and stuff like that that was great and then some people said after um obviously sadly there was a lot of domestic abuse so that's the like the, the crazy other thing and then so it brought out a lot of um interesting things that were uh, let's say hidden and expose them, right? To themselves, to their partners, to their family, uh, their true colors. And I think, again, there's, it's a perception of um, life and death. So, you know, like speaking with Emmanuel, right? <laughs> uh, very much through, and he always brings up uh, conversations with God and saying that, well, is death bad, right? So I would rather easily, you know, and knock on wood because I don't want to create this, but I would rather like die than 
be like, like I think some people are in a worse position having a family and they've lost their job and lost their company and lost their health. And, but they're still alive. You know what I mean? Su- just suffering. Or you could like be dead and now you're in the next world and you're back with like, you know, at home and you're back, you know, in a surrounded with love and light. Right. So it's a perception of what it is for some people. I think it's very, you know, death is just a transition. It's neither good nor bad. It's sad for the people around you because they mourn you. But I think for the actual person, it's like way, way better than this, this world you know, that we're in. Yeah. And I think also depends on who you are as a person, because I do believe there's karma, you know, and, and whatever you did on the planet, you, you, you take that with you and you have to reconcile that. And whether that means you, well, I don't know, but you live on the other side or you have to come back here and reincarnate and you're going to reincarnate into a situation that's going to make you have to deal with that, whatever you produced or created on the planet, good or bad, whether you believe in heaven or hell, whether you believe in reincarnation, whether you believe in ascension, there's checks and balances. I think you have to pay the piper some way, somehow. There's no way I think that you can just do whatever you want and get away with it. And it's not going to have any repercussions for you as a person or your soul. Uh, Who knows until I guess you can experience that a hundred percent. But I've had many different, you know, spiritual experiences where I'm like, Oh, okay. This, this whole planet thing and being on, that's that's way bigger than me or us. There's no way that we could be the only people, you know, in all the universe of universes living on a planet in this organized way. And it's just that. Oh, I know. You're born. You, 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 you do this. You go to school. You get a job. You have kids, maybe, whatever. You die. That's it. That's To me, that's that material concrete thinking. It's, how's, it doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. No, for sure. And you know, there's a really, there was this really cool video uh, about a year ago on Facebook where they, um, they started out with this, I don't know if you've ever seen it with this girl and she's lying down and it starts from her eye and then it just, and you see in her eye and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it starts going to the, you know, um, our solar system, the galaxy and on and on and on. And then it starts showing, right, how, first of all, how small the earth is, then how small like our galaxy is, you know, like the Milky Way as compared to when you start going and it's in up and up and up and up. And then, yeah. And then it's like, we're like our whole solar system is like, is like an insignificant little speck of dust compared to what the known universe is, right. That's always expanding. And then they do the opposite and they go all the way back down and they go into her eye, into the smallest, smallest, smallest particle. And the smallest, smallest, smallest particle, it looks the same as the biggest, 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 because it, it's like, you know, atoms going around, neutrons, electrons going around. And it's so, so cool. We, that is amazing. And, and, and yes, so true. Is what are we? We are energy. If we die, it's not like our body stays like that for the next, you know, 10,000 years. It's quickly going to, you know, dehydrate and it's quickly going to, uh, decompose because there's no energy in that anymore. Right, exactly. Right. Somewhere else, yes. you know, whatever you believe it to be. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's why I think it's, it's um, I always say like we're stuck, we're, we're in the human experience, but we're in the experiment and we can't see it correctly because we're in it, right? Yes. And that's when you start seeing I think a bit more is when you go and Dr. Joe Dispenza, no place, no time, no, right. No thing. When you get that state of meditation, that deep level of meditation where, where all those things cease to exist for you, then you start seeing a true perception of life and all these things. Like, again, uh, we're watching this show um, and to see that the majority of human existence, we had to hunt and gather and, and live off that thing. So now we, yeah. And now we have um, no longer survival mode. That's one thing that's obvious, always hurting us actually right now is, is our brain is still in survival mode, still looking out for the bear or the lion that's going to like get you or whatever, where we have grocery stores and 
um, and we're fully safe and protected. So I think there's that transition. And that's the other thing to tie in to when I was saying it's scary is because we don't have time to test anything anymore. So like something that used to be like a big deal would come out, it would be like every five years, like, oh my God, there's this new technology. And now that like that we used to be every five years is like now every like month, there's a new thing or a new company or new stuff. And then we were looking, I was looking at Uber and they were talking about Uber and Lyft just this week. And they're talking about, um, and I hope somebody watches this in like five to 10 years from now, this that we're talking about right now. They're talking about Uber and Lyft and how there's now that they have to treat their drivers as employees. And this guy's talking on TV saying, it's not such a big deal because it's, we're a few years away from autonomous drivers. All the drivers are going to be let go anyways. So yeah. why are we even like, it's just crazy, right? But he's, yeah. he's right. He's absolutely right. And he's saying, well, you know, driving is so dangerous because of the human aspect, right? Because humans get tired, humans get distracted, yeah. you know, uh, have something on their mind, all this stuff. Now, if the computer, the driving, I would feel much more safe if everything was connected. And I think with 5G, that'll be possible to have everything connected in GPS. So this car knows where that car is, where every car is. And then there'll be no more accidents, no more drinking and driving, no more stuff like that. That's amazing. And there's so many. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the drinking and driving part. Yeah. No, no, I'm no. joking. I'm joking. No, no. And that's the like <laughs> with the alcohol thing. Like, I have not had a drop of alcohol since 2020, January one, and that's not not because I'm an alcoholic, just because I was like, oh, it's a personal challenge. And I'm like, oh, go figure. You know, but thank God, in a way, I made that decision because I probably would. Yes, AQ is just down the street. So listen, Marianne, we're over our time <laughs> together, and I know I want to be respectful um, of that. So there's just um, last question I wanted to ask you um, is just one is like how do uh, for the listener how do people get in contact um, with you uh, if they maybe if that's possible I don't know if you're taking new clients or something like that because you're such an amazing unique uh, point of view and a really enlightened and you know it's fantastic so is there a way that people could contact you absolutely so you can find me at therapyforyourlife.com so i have a website um you can find me on instagram also that's my handle therapy for your life um and i my landline i still have a landline um is 514-697-2929 if you put my if you google my name you'll 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 find me in different settings and listings so yeah i'm i'm pretty easy to find okay and, fantastic so therapyforyourlife.com yeah exactly Beautiful. okay so with that uh I, there's so much more to talk about i think we definitely have to have a part two to this in the very near future um so you uh, hopefully you'll come back as a guest again awesome awesome so with that uh marianne i wish you a uh successful and peaceful mind and a wonderful day thank you you too have beautiful energy around you enjoy your day okay bye marianne okay. thanks bye, bye.